Welcome and thank you so very much for joining us on today's session of Making a Difference Through Mentorship. The aim and goal of these podcasts is to share principles and precepts that we trust will assist you in life and ministry to make a difference in someone else's life, which we've come to understand, and you make that difference one life at a time. Today's podcast is entitled, Your Time is Your Life. Your Time is Your Life. Our lives are governed by time. This is the reason why we're surrounded by clocks and calendars that help us to know where we are going and what we're going to do on any given day or specific time. This is why we typically respond to family and friends when invited over to dinner or to go to a soccer or football game. We typically will respond with, let me check my calendar, which is a means of looking at and determining if we have time to go at that particular uh, season or to dinner or time to go to the game because our lives are governed by our time. When responsibilities and pressures mount, many frustrated by all of the pressure will proclaim, I just don't have time to get it all done. As the minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years of life tick by, we wonder on occasions, where did 10, 20, or 30 years go? And in a sense, our life on earth is like a ticking clock. But our new life in Christ will never stop, never end, because we live in eternity. But the reality is that God has given us enough time to do exactly what he's planned for our lives. Perhaps the bigger issue is whether we are utilizing our time to do our will or the Lord's will. Time is a gift from God, and he has allotted each of us a measure in which to live and accomplish his purposes. We're most, most of us are familiar with Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. The first verse simply says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Since time can never be retrieved or reversed, it's critical that we make the most of every opportunity of the time that the Lord has provided for us. Jesus himself was given just 33 years of life on earth, but only the last three were spent in fulfilling his ministry purpose. Yet Jesus accomplished everything his father gave him to do in the time that he had on earth. That's why on the cross, he could say in John 19 and 30, it is finished. Jesus did not manage his time. He fulfilled the purpose of his time. The Cambridge English Dictionary defines time management as the practice of using the time you have available in a useful and effective way. Time management or the principles of time management are about controlling a fixed or limited asset. Time management principles are good skills to develop, which includes a mindset that says we only have 24 hours in a day, so use them wisely. Everybody should practice good time management. However, this podcast is not about time management. It is more about the biblical principle of stewardship of our time that equals our lives given to us by God. Being determined to make more time to do the things we love and to invest more time with the people we love. In the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, the stewards were trusted with a fixed resource. One talent, five talents, ten talents. One talent in ancient Greek society equaled roughly a day's wages. In the end, each steward was rewarded according to 
how much they increased what they were entrusted with. Two of the three stewards made more of what they had been given. In the Passion Translation of John 10 and 10, Jesus says, A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullest until you overflow. This includes an abundance of time. But somebody might say, well, don't we, all we have is 24 hours in a day. But Jesus just said, I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Yes, the reality naturally is that we all have 24 hours in a day. But even with the 24 hours that God has given us, he's going to give us more time in the allotted time that we have. An overflowing abundant life is possible because we have been created as spiritual eternal beings made in the image and likeness of God, having a human experience. Understanding our time in the earth as spiritual beings having a human experience, the Greek language in which the New Testament is written uses two primary words for time. Chronos and Kairos. Chronos represents a chronological time that is calculated in seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades, centuries. Kairos represents a God-appointed time when something is to occur. Kairos generally denotes God's divine intervention in your life, in my life, to accelerate or bring to pass an occurrence or event in accordance with his will on your behalf. Psalm 102.13 declares, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. A kairos moment is a time that is unplanned, unexpected, and unscheduled in our chronos when God decides to bless or favor you. In other words, kairos is a time when God decides he's going to do you a favor by granting you his favor. Favor is an unexplainable blessing that comes into your life, into my life, an uncommon blessing or breakthrough that God himself has orchestrated and ordained for your life that comes directly from his hand. Favor positions you for success and transcends all barriers, whether they be racial, social, cultural, financial, financial, relational, or even generational. The favor of God does not influence our lives because of who we are or what we may have done. But God's favor comes into your life because of who God is to you. The Bible reminds us of Esther who replaced Vashti as queen in Shushan. Esther was an orphan girl, an orphan Jewish girl who had gone through so much turmoil during the course of her life, but somehow found grace in the sight of God. She had lost both of her parents and was forced to grow up in a time when her people, the Jews, were under great persecution. However, One moment of crisis in the kingdom of Shushan presented a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Esther. It was a Kairos moment because of the favor of God on her life. The removal of Vashti as queen established a Kairos moment upon Esther's life for God to display his power and set in place a divine plan for the deliverance of his people. Esther 2 and 15 says, And when the turn, or the time, of Esther came, this clearly means that God has appointed, had an appointed time when he will turn your situation around. Esther's turn and her time came and immediately she went from rags to riches and from poverty to prosperity. Esther did not have to fight, manipulate her by her way to success. The king's scepter was simply extended to her. 
in that single Kairos moment when God had determined that it was Esther's turn and her time, a Kairos moment, her entire life was transformed and changed. Investing our chronos measured by our daily activities, ambitions, and desires. When we invest our chronos, our time, we are drawn closer to a Kairos moment, the time to favor Zion, the church. Yes, the set time has come. All things are possible if we only believe. Everything that we do is first established in what we believe or our belief system. Your actions and our confessions are a result of what we believe. Your belief is the result of your thinking. Your thinking is the result of your knowledge. Your knowledge is the result of your source. And there are only two sources, God and the devil, that your knowledge is going to come from. Our knowledge is going to come from the good, the bad, and the ugly, the memories that are stored in our warehouses of pain, sorrow, and tragedy. Those were things that occurred in our lives that have scarred us for life. And the enemy sometimes wants to remind us of our past in an effort to derail or distract us from our future. And so there's only two sources. It's God and the devil. God's desire is that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. The devil desires to separate us from what God has planned for our lives, where he says in Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you hope and an expected end. There are only two sources in the world today, God and the devil, or good and evil. The Apostle Paul says in the Amplified Version of 1 Timothy 1 and 12, this is why I suffer as I do. Paul recounts for us his sufferings in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, where he speaks of five times I was beaten with 39 lashes, save one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and left for dead. I've been shipwrecked. I've been uh, I've been in danger from rivers. I've been in danger from mobs and from murderers. I've been uh, I've been assaulted, attacked, and abandoned by my own people, by those that called themselves brothers in Christ, but were not. So Paul says to Timothy, this is why I suffer as I do, but still I am not ashamed, for I know him, and I am personally acquainted with him. Paul's source of his ministry and life was the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of what I've been through, what I've suffered, what I've endured, the scars in my life, for I know him and I am personally acquainted with him whom I have believed with absolute trust and confidence in him and in the truth of his sovereignty. And I am persuaded beyond any doubt that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him, which is my life until that day when I stand before him. Paul was teaching, encouraging his son in the faith, Timothy, reminding him of the hardships and difficulties that he had endured throughout his life in ministry. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, Paul reminds us, after asking God to remove the thorn in his flesh three times, in essence, where God says, I'm not going to do it, Paul, because my grace is sufficient for you. Paul then says in verse 10, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That term weakness, it simply means inabilities, inadequacies. So Paul is saying, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my weaknesses, in my inabilities, in my limitations, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The power of Christ is the favor of God personified 
resting over our lives, covering our lives with his grace and power. There will always be hardships, drama and trauma, plots, ploys and plans of the enemy designed to distract us from God's plan for our lives. But Jeremiah 29 and 11 reminds us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and will come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Verse 14, that's when I will be found by you and bring you back from captivity. God's people have become captives of false ideologies and false prophets. In verses 8 and 9 of Jeremiah 29, in the New International Version, the Bible tells us, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have that are that they are encouraged or that they share with you. Verse number nine, they are prophesying lies to you in my name. God says, I have not sent them, declares the Lord. God's people had invested their time in listening to lies from people that God had not sent into their lives. Speaking to a crowd of Jews in the amplified version of John 8 and 44, Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the desires which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar and the father of lies and half truths. Lying is a primary weapon that the devil uses against us as God's people. He uses the tactics of deceit and deception to separate man from God's plan for their lives. The devil told the first lie and recorded history to Eve in the Garden of Eden. After planting seeds of doubts in Eve's mind with the question in Genesis 3 and 1, he directly contradicts, contradicts God's word by telling her, you will not certainly die. He lied to her. And with that lie, the devil led Eve to her spiritual death, separation and alienation from God. And Adam followed that altered God's plan for all of us. But God's plan for man would not and could not be defeated. In Isaiah 43 and 4, God says, since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for thy life. The people that God sent into your life will bless you and not burden you, encourage you and not discourage you, lift you up and not tear you down. These are the types of relationships to invest your time in, which represents your life. God says, I will give you people for your life. So when he says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. In the Message Bible of Jeremiah 29 and 11, God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. After 70 years of captivity, the purpose of my plan, says God, is to restore to you peace and prosperity that is only found in me. So he says in verse 13, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. In verse 14 of Jeremiah 29, 
God says, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This is not the game that we played as children of hide and go seek, where everybody would hide and one person would count to 10 and try and find everybody that was hidden. No, God plainly says, you will find me when you seek after me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, further investing your time, which represents your life in the pursuit of him. So King Solomon in Proverbs 21 and 21 in the New International Version tells us, he who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. To pursue means to follow after or to chase. All of us have pursued certain goals in life, and whether they be educational or financial, a certain career. All of us have pursued certain goals in life. But no, and none of these things will occur or can occur without a pursuit, which equals the investment of time that represents your life, my life. We pursue after the things that are important to us. So God says he or she who pursues righteousness and love, righteousness being the very attribute nature of God and love. He who pursues righteousness, the very nature of God and love. God is love. Righteousness and love are the very attributes and nature of God. So God says, he who pursues me, in essence, righteousness and love shall find life. And when you seek after me, you'll find me. He who pursues righteousness and love shall find life, prosperity, which means to go well in life's journey, and honor, which means esteem, respect, high regard. This is the plan that I have for you life, prosperity, and honor. Jesus declares in the Amplified Version of Revelation 22 and 3, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the before all and the end of all. As stewards of our time, it is important that we hear God when he says to us in Proverbs 27 and 1, never to boast about tomorrow, tomorrow being another indicator of time. Never boast about Tomorrow, because you don't know what will happen between now and then. The truth of the matter is that every one of us is just one heartbeat away from eternity. A sickness, a heart attack, a fatal automobile accident. We could all be gone in an instant. Life is too unpredictable and too brief to live without God at the center of who we are. We have been taught in our society, we count our lives in years. This is my 25th birthday or my 50th wedding anniversary, indicating another element of time. But God tells us in Psalm 90 and 12 to number our days. Moses as the leader, the one that God uses to deliver the people out of Egyptian bondage. They are in the wilderness when they should be in the promise. So Moses prays unto the Lord, God, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One translation that I discovered of that phrase, heart of wisdom, means to live a successful human life. And to live a successful human life is to invest our lives by investing our time in the pursuit of, of the righteousness and love of God, where we will find life, the God kind of life, that carries us, that carries us down the road of prosperity and honor, the plans that he has for us. What would we do differently 
If we knew we had seven days, five days, three days, three days or one day left to live, how would we treat people around us? What would we pursue in the last 24 hours of our lives? Each day is an opportunity to choose if we are spending our time or investing our time. As stewards of the time that God has given us, that represents the life that we choose based on our investment of our time means living each moment to the fullest, living our best life now. As a steward of your life, represented by time in your life, for contentment and satisfaction in your life, be who you were created to be, for you are a designer original. There's nobody like you anywhere in the world with your created purpose, with your voice pattern, with your fingerprints. Be who you were created to be. Anything less than being authentically you erodes and hinders the purpose of your birth or the reason for your existence in the earth. You are the solution to somebody's problem and the answer to somebody's prayer. As the steward of your life, represented by time in your life for contentment and satisfaction in life, a musician must make music as a steward of his life and time. The poet must write, the artist must paint, the singer must sing. For contentment and satisfaction in life, you must be who you were made to be. Be your own cheerleader and succeed in the purpose and reason of your life. And how do we succeed? Well, God says to Joshua, take this book of the law, meditate on it day and night, and do according to all that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous. You go well on your life's journey. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Never allow anybody else to define success for you. As the steward of your life, represented by time in your life, for contentment and satisfaction in your life, be your own cheerleader and succeed as you pursue, follow after God in the purpose and reason of your life. Life is further like a fingerprint that cannot be duplicated. Therefore, be determined to invest your time making the best impression of yourself as possible. Live your life, love your life, and don't waste a moment of your time worrying about things that you have no control over. Instead, invest. The banking industry has taught us that if you're going to invest your money, you have to invest in what you believe in, producing a return on your investment. Invest your time, living your best life, immersed in the truth of the Passion Translation, of Philippians chapter 4, beginning at the 6th verse, where God says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell God every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends, rises above human understanding, will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Your life. My life is embedded in time, embedded in the truths of Philippians chapter 4 and the 
principles and precepts that we have imparted to you today in this podcast. A principle is a fixed law of operation that leaves no room for debate, discussion, or negotiation. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. These principles that we've shared in this podcast today are designed to set captives free from the past and give them hope for the future that God has promised. Your life, my life, is embedded in time. Refuse to be governed by your time. Instead, be the governor of your time. Make your time work for you. When you do this, you will solidify for the rest of your days that you will have the time of your life through Jesus Christ pursuing after him. Follow the example of all that God has imparted to you and I today, and the God of peace will be with you in all things.